0: Hello, livestock friends, and welcome to this edition of Before the Bid. This is a podcast dedicated to the livestock sales industry, where we go behind the scenes of the operation and speak straight to the sellers. We discuss topics about the important aspects of their operation, location, the people behind the prep work, and talk about some of the animals that will be offered to you, the prospective buyers. Hopefully, you've got your sale catalog close by. You might have to go look through that pile on your desk, but if not... And you're probably like me and driving down the road or busy with chores around the farm. And that's okay, too. Wherever you are and whatever you're doing, I hope you enjoy this segment of Before the Bid. I'm your host, Andy
1: Howell.
0: On this edition of Before the Bid podcast, i uh, got a guy that I'm really, really excited to talk to. Uh, a guy that I worked with a long, long time ago. He and I... Uh, met up, uh, I believe it was here at Louisville, uh, he and I met up and uh, worked for an operation and uh, what a great guy. And this is a this is a guy that uh, his tagline for his cattle and his herd is, building better beef. Uh, he's had uh, plenty of, of uh, ROV champions. He's been recognized as the Oregon Angus Breeder of the Year. He's a fifth generation cattleman, second generation purebred cattleman. Also, he's running for the uh angus board this year and so we're going to talk just a little bit about that and so my guest today is from redmond oregon a guy that uh most people know as k D, kimrick delashman hey kim how are you doing doing well good 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 i want to thank you for uh for joining me and uh just want to talk uh, about a few things and promote that sale that you've got coming up on saturday september twenty eighth starts at one o'clock out there in oregon and uh, so I want to talk about that just a little bit so k bar tell us uh tell us a little bit about how you're a fifth generation cattleman take us back uh to some of those beginnings if you would
1: well um, it's been several years ago of course my grandparents were um, were were um, my grandparents, great grandparents, great grandparents were were commercial cattle people. Um, as a matter of fact, my great 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 grandfather was a was a Holstein breeder and had a and had a small dairy and, in in uh, western Oregon, west of Portland. Um and also they had a bunch of ground that they had on the east side of of uh, of the state of Oregon which they which they consider these days as central Oregon. My grandfather, uh, um, in the early thirties, purchased the ground bunch of ground from my, from my great-great-great-grandfather and moved to Central Oregon. And at that time he bought himself he bought 18 Hereford cows. And over the years, he had never bought another cow. He'd been buying bulls of different breeds, of course. And at one point, he had 1,200 cows in his in his herd. Um, they um, ran those cows. They had a, they have a had a property that was 400 irrigated acres. But with that said, they also had to run on desert ground and and BLM allotments up to oh, and some of those were as, as large of acreages as 100,000 acres. And with that said, they've had they had different breeds of cattle, and, and over the years, them um, made some good selections, and and, and, pro, and produced or <clears throat> progressed forward with their program. Um, from my standpoint, my mother, of course, was um, that was my mother's parents, um, and when when I was growing up. Of course, we had we had cattle and had a smaller property, of course, than than uh, than running on thirty thousand acres. Um, but we had a hundred head of, of commercial cattle of our own, and at that time we uh, had been introduced to the Simmental breed and became Simmental breeders. And for several years um, we were involved in the Simmental breed, and at one time. Uh, um we'd had a couple different national champions in the Simmental breed and one of our bulls was the, is still to date the number one registry bull in the Simmental breed um in the early 90s we had a decided that it was time to change and move on and so we dispersed our Simmental herd and moved on with Angus cattle and at that time we um were very lucky to get involved with a um, with a very astute gentleman um, by the mm-hmm. name of Rex harl that was the manager of Corkland and Cattle and we bought some cattle from Corkland and Cattle and we also bought some cattle from from Whitestone Krebs at that time and that was the start of our of our program
0: what a great place and to start
1: <laughs> it was a pretty good place to start um, at that time there was a bull called Kruger and of Donimer that Ended up being somewhat of a dominant force, and that bull was one of the bulls that that got us started in the industry, or in the Angus breed. So, um, with that said, since that time, um, from the to take a couple years, jumped up in the story. Um, we we like to show cattle. Um, needless to say, we we really have never been really. Um, Intense in using in using what you would call a show bull, and I can't remember having us using a bull that has won the national show. Um, we've always selected bulls that we thought were were good for our program and we've always kind of felt like we were um, Bridging the gap between the ring and the and reality. Um, with that said, we'd like to have cattle that have that have a lot of substance and and definition and but but also can maintain themselves in a in a rough environment which would be kind of the desert environment that we have here in, in central Oregon um, with that said so to make another step on terms of what we've done and and be beca- being sh- people that, that love to show cattle um, but we like to have a, a little bit different product right um we, we picked up a cow family, or were an, introduced to a cow family in one year called the Wendy Cow Family, and I happened to be in Louisville and was sitting at a, at a dinner table with a couple friends and a, and a man that, just, that they had just introduced me to, and he sends, hands me a picture of a heifer calf that was, would have been a January heifer calf at the time. And he asked me what I thought of it. And I said, I think that's a heck of a good heifer calf. What are you doing with her? And he said, well, I want to sell her. And at that point, I went ahead and bought that heifer calf. And that was the start of our Windy Cow family line, which is, and that would have been in 2001. And at this time, at that, and so we've been, have been, we've designed our entire program around this cow family. And, and still to this date, that is our, is the, is our, is we're well known for having that cow family.
0: Who was, uh, we, we talked a little earlier, who was involved in that, in that Wendy transaction, I guess you could say?
1: Oh, at, at that time we had, well, Ray Schneider was, Ray Schneider was, was the, Ray Snyder went and bought Wendy 508 from a guy in in Colorado which was Keith Russell and Keith Russell had been an Angus breeder for many years and Ray had been out went to when Ray was in college he went and had an internship and went to Colorado to to Snide, to um, Keith Russell's place and was on internship that summer and and so he went back to visit. He went back to visit the Russell family off and on for years. And and one year he came back and and uh, and bought a cow from Keith Russell by the name of Wendy Five Hundred Eight. And that is how the Wendy Cow family started. Then then Ray, um, of course, was quite a was quite a progressive breeder himself, and did quite well. Um, Promoting his his product and had bulls called Anconi and Elixir, which was a big semen selling bull, mm-hmm. um, and really really had a big impact on the breed with that with that cow family.
0: Yeah. Neat. And then
1: uh, how we found out about the family um, was through through um, La Grande Angus in. South Dakota, and Steve Patton was the manager at the time, and I'd seen all these good Wendy's. Well, while I'm sitting at the dinner table with Ray and a guy by the name of Brian Bergree from Montana, and Ray sends him, slips this picture over to me, and i looked at brian and i said what do you think you think i should buy something like this and he said well if ray says it's a good one it's a good one and i went ahead and bought her sight unseen (laughs) at that point and that is the start of this cow family for
0: us and we'll we'll get into that here uh, in just a little bit when we talk about the cattle and the sale but uh you know one of those one of the neat stories where you come from come from commercial cattle and then now you're and now you're here with this and, and got a great female to, to back the whole deal. So I want to back up just half a second here. We're being in the desert of Oregon, and, and people talk when they when they talk cattle, and they're like, how many ca- how many acres does it take to run a cow-calf unit where you're located? It's just kind of it's one of those questions that people ask. And I wanted to ask you, how many acres per cow-calf unit when they were running those cows on the desert?
1: When those running those cows on the desert is seventy cow is is seventy
0: acres per cow calf unit. That seems like a lot for a Hoosier guy. It, it does <laughs>
1: seem like
0: a lot. I guess I guess I should say a Boilermaker guy, not a Hoosier guy. But uh, that that just seems like seems like a lot. And it's one of those things that around the country. What's it What's it take to run a What's it take to run a unit on in your neck of the woods? So. Well, K Bar, you you talked a little bit about uh, about some family in the past. Who do you have that's that's in the operation right now?
1: Well, we've got my mother, of course. That has been that we have been together for many many years in our cattle operation, and we've got my wife Camille. That um, that she and I got married last year, but she's been a very very um, influential point of our um, advertising and our marketing programs for the last three, or four years. And, and, uh, and really that's us. It's that's who's doing the, the, the work today.
0: I started seeing, uh, started seeing pictures a couple years ago of this pretty lady with you. And, and, uh, and so I thought, boy, there's something really going on there. So, uh, that's great. <laughs> uh, cause, cause when we were hanging around, I don't know that that was, uh, I don't know that that was in the books. <laughs> So yeah,
1: probably not.
0: So I thought I thought that was really cool uh to see that. So um so tell us a little bit uh you've got some um you, you talk about running on the desert and things and 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 tell us just a little bit about some of the challenges right there where you're located.
1: Well, you know, one of the things that that we do that um you know we run on irrigated pasture for the most part i mean about two about a third of the ground that we run on um with our herd not and we don't have a large herd but we'll have 120 head um but you know we'll run a third of that'll be on on desert ground for a portion of the year and then there, throughout the summer months um we're on irrigated grass but that isn't that really isn't the um that that isn't what happens with the normal commercial guy, right? Most commercial people don't have irrigated grass. So with that said, when when you're marketing a product to them like your bull market, they have to be extra good, extra sound, extra good footage, and they have to have some doability to them. Um, and what, so with that said, um, we try to. To not um, market a bull that's overfed to somebody that that's going to turn them out on the desert. Of course, anything that has um, that has a structural issue, we would just make make if if we have something that we think it can't make it across the desert, we'd rather sell it, sell that bull to somebody that would be in the that would be in the you know in the irrigated grass market. But needless to say, we don't have very many of those bulls. Um, so, um, the market with, um, going out on the desert, especially when you're, when you're looking at, um, 70 acres per cow calf unit, um, you've got to sell a little bit older bull. I mean, January, February bulls are, are pretty, are, are okay for, for spring calvers, but more than likely you're better off selling a fall bull
0: mm-hmm.
1: because they're just a little more developed, right. um, and with that said, you know those those cattle um, seem to, you know, a little, just a little more development. They they don't come in quite as thin in the spring or late in the summer.
0: Right, right. So. Well, good, good deal, good deal. And that where where do you see? And, and you've talked about it a little bit there with with the bulls. You're seeing where do you see your herd, the future of your herd? Where do you see it headed? And and uh, what do you see your breeding types to be like?
1: Well, you know, I don't think that we're going to change a whole lot of, about our about our breeding program. Um, we, I mean, not that we don't use new bulls every year, and not that we're not right. um, progressive in terms of that. Um, but <clears throat> we typically we like phenotype. So if a bull doesn't have good phenotype and a bull doesn't have good structure, there's something that we don't that we don't. Um, that we don't use so from the standpoint of um, from what we're going to do in the future is we're going to continue to to enhance our phenotype Um, we're also going to continue to to combine the phenotype with a data package that that is acceptable to the bull buyer Um, we're not going to go on any extreme from one end of the one end or the other we're going to try to be pretty balanced in what we produce. With that said, um, phenotype is going to be um, top of the list. If we're going to choose one thing or the other, the first thing we choose is phenotype. Um, and so with that said, um, you know, the cattle are going to have to look the part. I mean, we look at their feet, we look at structure, we look at utter development. Um, we look at the, you know, the structural issues that go along with phenotype and we just try, try to breed around those
0: and build better beef, right?
1: And build better beef.
0: I really like that. I really like that tagline. Build, build better beef. Good
1: (laughs) Building better beef.
0: K-Bar, uh, I want to get into your, your newest adventure here just a little bit, but, but before we do that tell us uh, a little bit about some of the accomplishments and uh, that that you've had uh you know you've been you've been the Oregon Angus breeder of the year and and I know there's some others Bra- if you would brag on yourself just a little bit here and and tell us some of the things that that uh, you've been rewarded for
1: You know there you know one of the <clears throat> bragging on myself is not something that I try and- is something that's very easy to do. Right. I don't think. Um, but with that said, I mean we've we have supported the ROV system um, since since we became Angus breeders. Um, the first couple of years that we were in the Angus breed, we'd won Reno two of the first three years that we were that we were in the breed, um, and we've we've tried to continue that success throughout those years. And we started, I guess first year that we won Reno would have been in 95 Mm -hmm. and 97. And then we won again in in 2001. Um, And, you know, showing cattle has 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 been our, has been a focus of ours because in those years, you know, there was a whole lot of camaraderie within our breed and we had a lot of unity within our breed. And today I don't think we have as much unity between the, so called um, uh, performance breeder and the and the phenotype breeder mm-hmm. um, but with that said over the past years i mean we have we've been successful at at um, multiple rov shows over 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 the last oh twenty five years um, and we continually are on an annual basis mm-hmm. so I think some of the some of our um, Big uh, um, successes would be like this year. One of the the heifer that was third overall at the junior national in the in the own show was out of one of our bulls called Native Joe, and that's a bit that that to me is a big success. Um, one of our windy daughter actually we had um, two of our windy daughters one, won their class in the late junior yearling division in Denver last year. And one of them was junior champion. Um, and we've, and we've seen a quite a bit of success there. So, um, I mean, I guess I don't, um, our sale events have been very successful for the last, this will be our eighth year and, and we've, um, kind of had a really good, had a really good response annually with our event. And, uh, and I think that that it's a one of the one of the one of the real keys to our success has been finding this finding a good cow family mm-hmm. and 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 riding on that and riding on that and riding on that female or that cow family itself. And this windy family has been very successful for us.
0: Right. It, it talk uh right up a little bit about some of your your Oregon association uh accomplishments what uh, tell tell us about some of those
1: oh for the last since so uh, since two thousand and eight we've been premier exhibitor at the oregon state fair um, we've been um of course we like you said you you know we've been oregon angus breeder of the year um we've had multiple uh um, over the last seven or eight years, I guess we've been in the top 10 ROB breeders of the year. Um, we've, we've spent a lot of time, uh, um, progressing in terms of our bull market. We have an excellent bull market that, that we feel is quite successful on an annual basis. Um, I guess that's, um, that's something that, that I always think is important, um, and I had a guy who said to me one time, you know, we need to make a criteria for these people that that are judging our National Angus Show, is each one of those people should have should be able to have prov- proven that they have successfully marketed a a program at some point in their life before they can before they can be judge of the National Western. Mm-hmm. hmm So. Okay. Um, I guess I can't really think of anything else outside of that.
0: Well, let let me let me help you out just a little bit. Two terms on the board of directors of the Western States Association.
1: Right.
0: Two terms on the board of directors of the Oregon Angus Association. Uh, right. President, two terms of the Oregon Angus Association, and uh, developing the Western Supreme Angus Sale. Yeah, you know, we
1: started that. That was in, in, I can't remember how that's been a long, I mean, that would have been in 90, maybe 2000, I guess. It, maybe 9, it would have been before, it would have been 96 or 97, I guess. Jim Danicus had, from Danicus and Associates there in California, had a sale that in Mon- in Washington, called the Evergreen, Exclu- or Evergreen Supreme, and the sale had not been very successful, and they were closing it down that year. And Jim called me and said, "Hey, I hear you guys have a new fairgrounds in in Redmond," and I said, "We do," and he said, "Let's have us a sale." So at that point, we started this this project, and uh, and we called it the Western Supreme. Um, about six or seven years after we were involved in that event, which was a very was a very good event, we had a maturity program that went along with that. Um, Danicus and Associates moved on, and we, as Oregon Angus, um, continued the continued the sale, and it's still going today. And I think we started, and I, I it's either 96, or 98 we started that sale and so now we've got a jackpot show that goes along with it we've got a faturity for the sale and a jackpot show that goes along with it and last year they calculated that it would have been the largest jackpot show west of nebraska and north of california oh wow so so it's something that we had a that we had a pretty good impact on when we st- you know when it started and and um, once we started having our own our own production sale it was a little more it was a little tougher for us to continue on with that event right um but they've hadn't been quite successful since
0: good good deal that's really really neat to hear and and it's it's sure probably great for you to stand back and watch it and and uh, watch it grow so. Let, yeah. You're you've got a big fall coming up here. Uh you you've got the you've got the sale coming up here on the twenty eighth. And then after the sale, you uh have a have a or I wanna say a large feat, I guess, uh I should say. Uh, something that uh, breaking into probably new ground for you and running for the American Angus Board of Directors that is going to take place in Reno, Nevada, in uh, the, what is that? The first of November. Tell, tell us, tell me a little about about why you know one one where where do where did this come about? Why why do you think you want to run? What do you what do you think you can bring to the table?
1: Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what we have. Um, over the past several years, you know, of being involved with the Oregon Angus Association and being in an, 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 uh, a influential part of, of their system and making some and helping the membership uh, um, make decisions that that were ben, that were beneficiary to to the to the to the organization um, over the years. Um, We just have. I've always wanted to be involved in the American Angus Association Board of Directors, and you know, there's been a lot of changes that have gone on in the last five to ten years, or maybe even maybe even longer. And you know, we sit. We we watch those changes happen, and we and we see a Board of Directors that chooses for us. Um, I feel like. um, that there's that I'd like to be a part of the communication. I'd like to be a part of the membership involvement that goes along with um, the being an American Angus board of director. Um, I think that that our our system um, presently needs to unify. I don't think I think that um, in the past ten years that that we've seen some camaraderie changes. And we need some more camaraderie. And I think that we, and I think with, the, with that said, that the combination of our communication with the membership involvement and the camaraderie will boost the confidence of the membership and help us validate our product.
0: What uh, what what do you think? I what do you think you can bring to that? Uh, you know you're you're you'd be one of one of many with with a say on there
1: well, i think I think i have i, I think I have some fresh ideas. I think that um you know we've and I typically now since i de- declared myself as a candidate, needless to say, I get calls um from people that that um kind of feel like i'm it's in a past tense that I'm already a board of director, and this is what we need to do. Um, these are things that i'd like to see happen, so on and so forth, and most of those things I, um, um are things that i'm willing to one of the things that I want to be involved is i want to be i want to have more membership involvement in the choices that we 're making um, i'd like to see uh um, see um uh, some things that um some more surveys some more things that the member that the membership chooses instead of what what maybe the board of directors chooses and i realize that the membership chooses the board of directors but i do also believe that that we as a board of directors should should source our membership when there are our are deci- decisions that that are going to be made that have a big impact on the on the membership Right. Um, and I, I really think that what I can bring to the to the table is some fresh ideas, and and a and a, and a solid uh, and a solid stance on on uh, on what my beliefs are,
0: and a big smile to go right along with it, right?
1: <laughs> that
0: helps. <laughs> K bar always with that big smile.
1: There you go. We'll,
0: we'll call it some kind of eating grin, right? <clears throat>
1: There you go,
0: all right well uh we want to wish you wish you luck on that and and hope that goes really well and and uh be a great experience for you and and uh win, loser win win loser draw why you you uh you you get out what what maybe needs to be heard and and uh what needs to be seen
1: well as long as we can speak to speak the voice of the membership, I think we're in good shape.
0: There you go. I think so, too. I think so, too. Let's, uh, let's lead into this sale just a little bit here. We've got, you've got a sale coming up Saturday, September 28th, and it is at 1 o'clock. It is there at the ranch in Redmond, Oregon. And um, tell, us, uh, tell us just a little bit about, I want to call it the front page info. Uh, who, who on the front page do we, do we need to know, do we need to talk to about anything about that sale?
1: well if i mean of course you can call myself um it to to get information about the sale or the sale cattle so on and so forth on sale day you can reach um you can reach myself you can reach my wife camille you can reach my mother um we'll have rod wesselman is um on special assignment with us um which actually rod was a was a um was a regional rep for for the angus association i think for like 24 years rod will be with us and he knows our our program quite well um we'll have kyle collier will be here which is also um uh, very knowledgeable about our program um you can call seth leachman seth leachman's available and of course our auctioneer um we also will have um a couple uh a couple other consultants on hand dick hubman that dick hubman i'm sure that most people most people know dick dick has been involved in the cattle business for years and years and as a matter of fact dick was um took over the Oregon Angus association president um after i was president dick will be here Fletcher Nichols from Iowa will be here also. He's been a long-term friend. And then also one of our consultants is Steve Cruz from Nebraska. And And any one of these people can answer questions for you. And if they can't answer them, they'll be close enough to me that I can get an answer for them.
0: Good deal. How do we watch it if, if some of us are clear out in Indiana and we want to be in Oregon for the be, day?
1: You'll be on live Auctions TV. All right. So, and all of our video, all of our video stuff on these cattle should be put up by the weekend, so so people will have uh, you know five or six days to, to review that video stuff. Um, but we're live auctions, TV, and uh, Katie Collier will be operating that live auctions uh, um, system.
0: All right. What uh, what else do we have pre sale going on?
1: Pre-sale, we've got a pre-sale. We're going to have a um, a uh, on Friday evening. We'll have, you know, a viewing of the cattle, and then we'll have a an hors d'oeuvre hour and uh, and uh, some cocktails, and that'll be a uh, be the be the extent of what we do on the evening before. Um, given the fact that we have, um, there'll be. Oh we'll have a handful of people that come in from out of town, but most of the people will really uh will really show up on sale day. We have our sale luncheon that'll start at that'll start at eleven thirty to twelve o'clock, and then the sale will start right there at one o'clock
0: the the no secrets sale
1: the no se- the eighth annual no secrets <laughs>
0: great that's good. Well, okay, K Bar, tell us tell us a little bit. Uh, highlight some of these females for us that that maybe you're well, most okay, excited
1: the, about. We have, um, you know, and and I always we you know you try not. I try not to tell you. I mean, think which one's my best one, or so on, and so forth. Because I think we have, I think we have a an allotment of cattle And this this and this offering. I think could be the deepest offering that we've been able to pr- provide um, since our. Since starting the sale, um, the lot number one heifer's exceptional phenotype is tremendous in terms of her of her of her look. She's got a really good data package. A bull that we chose to use last year, J and J Way Up, which we think is an exceptional bull. He's a Platinum Way Up son that has um, is a moderate in terms of his frame with a lot of. With a lot of substance and power there's several females in the event um that are out of out of j and j way up as well as the lot number one female um we also the the lot two and three females are um, actually our females are heifer calves that are out of our high selling female from 2017 and they're kind of a different a different stroke for us also they're out of a Krebs bull called Synergy, which we felt was a was a really an exceptional um, birth option with that still maintains some growth, and we found found this 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 bull to be a really really good uh, um,
0: producer
1: of of a really nice phenotype with a nice balanced data package. And everything's low on birth. these lot two and lot three females are both sixteen on cabin direct, directs, which I think is pretty exceptional yeah. and And they're also wendy's, of course, you know the um you'll note notice that the the most of the book is full of a windy, and if it isn't if it isn't out of a windy daughter, it's out of a windy son um so we get into to lot into the next group of lots, lot five, six, and seven um really exceptional females The lot five heifer is a is a maternal sister to um to on point, which is a bull that we've syndicated over the past year that we've sold a bunch of semen on and semen packages um and on point is a exceptional sire also a Wendy daughter and this would be the combination this female would be the combination of 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 Wendy and and Joe Canada with a with a shot of the insight on top of that and we've been super super um uh super excited about these insight females because they've got a really good look about them and have a lot of body and shape to them, but their their udders are also exceptional. Um, To get into the next few lots, we've got a turning point daughter that's really, really neat um, out of a Joe Canada that goes back to Wendy 1057. Wendy 1057 is is a maternal sister to Wendy K1T, which is our, which is the, is a daughter of our foundation, Wendy. The lot seven heifer, seven, um, seven, nine, and ten are all out of a bull called Native Joe. Native Joe was the sire of the heifer that was was third overall at the Junior National this year in Louisville. Um, Really some cow power that goes along with those females. Um, We get into the next bunch and we've got Got more J and J way ups. This lot twelve heifer has an exceptional data package. Has a kind of marbling and and but also have, maintains that phenotype that we're talking about. Bridging, she's the example of bridging the gap between the ring and the reality. Um, with that said, we get down in farther into our group and we've got a got a got a pair of heifers in lot 15 a and b um that uh, are really really a neat pair of heifers i mean you look at them and they're muscular and they're big bodied and they're rugged and they're kind but they're also super feminine in their makeup mm-hmm. and beyond that we've got a good set of bred heifers all those bred heifers are bred to to our own yearling bulls on point and and, uh, <clears throat> uh smoke and Joe and smoke and Joe is actually a son of of our of our princess daughter that we had that we that we showed last year that won the Denver Cow-Calf show um, there's a group of embryos in this in the offering that that are going to be the best that we've got for you um, we have chose to we've had a bunch of New Standard's mother is the cow that, that we acquired from Leachman several years ago. And we have an embryo bank out of her and Joe Canada that are super good. We chose um, to sell you half of those embryos that we have left. Um, and then we've got some J&J Way Up embryos out of an Insight Wendy 19B daughter. Actually, those are would be full sibs to the lot five heifer. Um, and then uh, we've also got some turning points out of that cow, and then we're selling a couple of steers at the tail end that um, that'll be good show steers um, for juniors at our junior nationals.
0: Neat. really good. Yeah. If, if uh, where can where can we find this catalog if we don't have one that's going to be mailed to us?
1: You can find that on our website, which is www. Kbard.Carrance.com.
0: That's that's how I found it, and uh, looking right through it, and uh, very very impressive. If you get a chance, go look at that. And uh, like, like Kbar says, just uh, really really good cattle, and and uh, just really uh, got some numbers to them. If if you're into that, and, but they've got some look if you're into that, and and uh, great pictures. Kbar, give give a, a little shout out to your photographer there. If you would,
1: that Kate Roberts, Kate does a heck of a good job, doesn't she?
0: Yes, yes, she sure does. Yeah, was... she
1: really does. You know, we, what we, uh, we're quite, uh, we're quite fortunate to have Kate. She's been, um, actually, Kate's actually an Oregon girl that moved to Montana um, and comes back and helps there every year for our sales. So we really appreciate Kate.
0: I was talking to a to a lady today that came out and did some videos for us and and she says kate is as good as there is in in the industry so uh, she's
1: pretty darn good doesn't
0: she really really darn good she really got these uh, really got a nice picture of these cattle and and i'm sure you've been working with them and and got them ready to go and and they should they sure look like it so so we've got we've got videos again videos coming up on them and we can find those at liveauctions.tv
1: Yep, and find hope. those at Dogs and TV, and that'll be after Saturday. Um, also, one thing that I didn't mention to you is we have this year we have a have a faturity showmanship contest, and we're actually we're calling it an extravaganza. Um, any junior member that buys an animal and that buys a lot in the sale is qualified for the, for the showmanship contest. And it will, we have got $3,000 worth of premium money for those, for the junior showmanship contest. So if you win, if you win, if you're the supreme champion showman, you'll win $1,500. We've got two divisions the junior division and the senior division. Um, each division will pay 500 and 250 for champion and reserve in their division, and then all four of those will have the opportunity to come back and show for um, for the supreme and reserve supreme champion showman, which will which will bode up to 1500 for the champion.
0: Okay, and, and explain again how do they how do they get entered in that, and and what an animals showing they, and that sort of thing.
1: Well, they, one they have to have a have a have a buyer's number um, registered with that with that junior member and they have to buy an animal in the in the sale to show and those and those lots would be lots one through fifteen and then also the steer lots which are what are those two lots again here mm-hmm you got one through 15 and the two steers, which would be 26 and 27. Right. So you got one through 15 and 26 and 27, and that qualifies you to be in the showmanship contest.
0: Now, are they going to show those animals that they just bought?
1: They're going to show those animals that they just bought.
0: Holy cow. And
1: believe it or not, all of those calves are super docile and all um, would be show broke and ready to go.
0: Not very often. Can you can you buy one buy one one day and possibly win some money back and and get some prizes and different things for that? What a the neat same day. What a neat neat event, right? What's that like an hour afterwards or so? Is that right?
1: That'll be thirty. We we will try it. We'll do that um, between thirty and forty five minutes after the end of the sale.
0: Oh, that's a really really neat really neat uh, really neat deal you got going on there so and we're and the, trying and the, fir- the first annual so so the first uh the first time but but and then and then that goes to say a whole lot about about the care for these cattle already as you've already got them broke that you're gonna uh put a junior in their hands and bring them right back for for a showmanship contest uh 30 minutes after the sale
1: absolutely
0: that's that is really something special i think so that's really neat really neat well, K Bar, uh it, it was great talking to you. Great to uh uh to catch up a little bit with us and and wanna uh again invite everybody to the No Secrets Sale Saturday, September twenty eighth, one o'clock at the ranch at, at Redmond, Oregon. And K bar I looked that up for me and that's gonna be one day and eight hours. So um I'm gonna guess I'm probably not gonna drive that. Uh, if that's all right, I'll probably just watch it there on liveauctions.tv. TV.
1: Sounds good. <laughs>
0: Does that sound all right with you?
1: We'll love having you on LiveAuctions TV. We'll make sure that we're gonna we're gonna de- definitely gonna look you up on <laughs> before the sale starts.
0: <laughs> You're gonna, gonna give a gonna look it up and make sure it's there, and maybe even give a a shout out to being on before the bid podcast. What do you think of that?
1: Exactly. We're going to give a shout out to Before the Bits Podcast,
0: no doubt about. It. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that, and going to be one of the one of the very first ones we publish because uh, we're going to have to do that pretty quick. And and uh, just just appreciate you uh, coming on here with us and, and being a part of it.
1: You bet. We sure appreciate you
0: inviting us. All right. Well, I appreciate it, K Bar. And uh, we'll with that again. Just want to let you know. The eighth annual No Secrets Female Sale Saturday, September twenty eighth, one o'clock at the ranch. Go and uh, meet K Bar and uh, look at look at some great cattle.
1: Sounds good. We'll, we'll be we will look forward to seeing y'all. Thank you very much.
0: All righty, thanks K Bar. Ah. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Before the Bid. For more information and to learn more about upcoming podcasts and sales, visit us at beforethebid.podbeam.com or our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram pages. For information on being a guest on Before the Bid, please email us at beforethebid at gmail.com or on one of our social media pages. Remember, that's beforethebid at gmail.com. Happy sales to you, and we will talk to you next time on Before the Bid.